All right, so we had some firsts, I think, there, Alex. We had the look of terror on Regina's face when I said I had a Regina Phelps story. Yes. Uh, and then the look of surprise on your face when, <laughs> when everybody she actually, <laughs> I don't think uh, that was our most exciting segment <laughs> of the two days. Yeah, uh, we all made funny faces and waved our hands in the air there. <laughs> I love it. I don't even know. That'll make a great video. I can't wait to see sure that. I'm not sure what a smooth transition is from that to our next topic. Yeah, yeah. How do you go? <laughs> I have a bunch of serious stuff. But, uh, yeah, now we have to get serious again. I don't think that's appropriate. Let me try and find something lighter, <laughs> something nice and light we can talk about yeah. afterwards. Maybe we and should start with... Let's do something casual. What our, oh, our on the air sign is not on. My apologies. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what we're reading oh, right now. Yes. I think we should do something a little lighter, lighter before yeah. we jump into to serious some other again. categories. Well, I finished a. Uh, uh, everybody knows I love to read fantasy, and uh, um, I finished a fantasy book the other day. It was based on uh, Finnish folklore, so that was interesting. Uh, I finished Wait, that on, uh, book on, on awareness. How do you find? I love how you find these books. So, a book on Finnish folklore. Uh, folklore. How did you find that? Let's start with that. Well, I know we were kind of bashing Amazon a little bit earlier. I, but I, 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 Amazon Prime has Amazon, everything to my house. So Amazon yeah. is how I find it. Okay. <laughs> Usually right. I find one book I like and then I just kind of scroll down to, you know, it gives you 15, 20 other suggestions. And I tend to scroll across <clears> there. Okay, what's along that? And this one was called the Fargo, or I think it was called. I thought, oh, Finnish folklore. That's interesting. Never read anything like that. So, of course. So I picked that up. Finished that. I finished a, a book by... Uh, Pema Chodron uh, regarding um, uh, uh, meditation and uh, some Buddhist practices. I forgot the name of the title because it's. But, uh, I, I finished that one, and now I am reading um, the Prepared Leader uh, by Erica James and Lynn Perry Wooden. Uh, I've actually reached out to them to see if they would be guests on the show. Uh, Considering they're both deans of universities, I, I got a feeling I might not hear from them, but uh, it's a great book. Uh, lots of uh, informa uh, good information in here, so I recommend it. And uh, what, what attracted me right off the bat was this title, The Prepared Leader. And I thought, oh, well, I got to look at that. So, so this is a good one. I recommend this one. Well, you never know. You might hear for, back from them. Look at, uh, we originally reached out to Kevin Newman's team yeah. a month ago he very graciously was on the show yesterday but we didn't pull that together until last week that's true yeah. so hopefully those two professors come to their senses <laughs> and uh, realize they need to be on your show i hope so a lot of good information in that so what are you reading or so i just uh i guess speed read through a book and i did it in the reverse order my wife and i during uh, hurricane nicole which, you know, was a good time. Mm -hmm. We watched a mini series on Netflix called From Scratch. And it's based on a true story of uh, an American woman who falls in love with an Italian cook. They move to the United States. Uh, he gets cancer and passes away. So it's a happy story. Oh, uh, and really I didn't realize mind. until after the mini series, it's based on a true story. And of course, there's a book 
that uh, the woman and her sister wrote. So I had to buy that from Amazon. Yes. And it was one of those reads where, you know, the two nights, it was just uh, a very uh, quick read, but, you know, very interesting story about um, love and loss. And then some of his, uh, the gentleman who's a chef, some of his recipes are in the back of the book. Oh, nice. So, you know, fast, fast read, great read, uh, unexpected, unexpected in terms of you just sat down to watch something while the wind was howling outside. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm reading a book about it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what I'm getting into after this one. Um, I think I want to concentrate on <clears throat> writing my book, which you should be too. I, I I'm working on the book. We are, uh, we are progressing as scheduled. So should be, uh, should be done and published in the first quarter. Is that plan. quick? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we're actually, I'm working. Wow. Actually, I do some work here and there. So, <laughs> well, I'm dragging my feet on this one, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but this is book like 12 for you. Nine. Nine. And I'm on book one. So we got a ways to go. What's next? We still have 10 minutes before we take a break for our final. No, not final hour. Yes. Final hour. Final hour. I can't believe it's uh, already 25 to two. We've got. Um, since we had that nice transition, let's go into something nice and somber <laughs> as an awkward. No, but you know, one thing in the news I've been thinking about that I wanted to suspend some time on, I'm kind of confused why more people in the West, United States and Canada are not talking about what's happening in Iran. So some context there, you know, national and widespread protests mm -hmm. occurred just about two months ago with the, the death of a young Kurdish Iranian woman. She fell into a coma after being uh, beaten by Tehran's so-called morality police, right? And the genesis of her alleged crime was her purported failure to properly veil her hair. There's been increasingly escalated protests over the last two months, more and more uh, women and uh, I guess women and older girls are taking their veils off. They're refusing to wear, wear them. You're seeing this um, level of, it, it feels like it's bubbling towards it does. a tipping point. And everything we've studied in history, revolutions occur, things are kind of a slow build and quiet. And then all of a sudden uh, you have revolution and I find it interesting that this story's not really been largely portrayed um, in the media. I mean, it's in the media, but it's not top of the fold. It's not top of the web page. And from a business continuity and risk, risk standpoint, if any country in the Middle East were to have a government topple, a government disruption, that has huge effects on the rest of the world, certainly geopolitically, but also, let's be honest, because of oil. Yeah. And what yes. we talked about yesterday mm -hmm. with Putin and Russia and oil in the winter, any instability in the Middle East becomes a supply chain disruption, becomes a business continuity mm -hmm. disruption. So looking through our lens as North Americans and then our lens as business continuity and resilience professionals, why do you think this isn't a bigger... Uh, topic of discussion well maybe it's the canadian u.s thing 
because it's on the news every night here. Okay. Um, I, I hear about it all the time. I watch it on the news every day uh, because there are a, a larger Iranian um, population here than I believe in the U.S. But do you see, like, our colleagues? I haven't seen a webinar on it. I haven't seen a LinkedIn post. Like, I feel like our colleagues, I haven't seen anything. Uh, well, I think part of that might have to do because of the, the religious and political. You can't have that conversation without bringing politics and religion into it. Uh, you know, it, the morality police, well, the <clears throat> morality police exist because of the, yeah. uh, was it Sharia law? Mm -hmm. Sharia law that I, Iran follows. So you can't help but bring that in. And I think that scares a lot of people to talk about but they will talk about it in a, the, the economic frame, yeah. uh, which you mentioned, you know, the oil, the instability that uh, that could bring to the region, you know, and the impact to supply chain of which we do talk about all the time. Yeah. So I, I think there's a fear uh, of that too. And because, it, because of the, the religious and you know, let's face it, the climate of in the, in the world really about talking about some of those subjects, it's kind of, be careful where you tread. So I think a lot of people are, will just stand back and only look at it from an economic uh, perspective, not a human perspective, because it is becoming a human disaster. There are now, there are a few hundred people that have been killed, if I, yeah. if I recall correctly. Correct. And, uh, you know, there are people now that are being um, put on trial with no evidence whatsoever. And now there's being uh, sentences given for death penalties. So there's becoming a, a human tragedy here, you know, uh, but it, people are afraid to talk about that because who knows what, what could happen. I think maybe there's echoes here from uh, previous confrontations in that region and don't want to start other fires. So we will only look at it from a supply chain oil economic perspective. Yeah, I think though we as continuity and resilience professionals do a disservice to our profession and to the management of our organizations because we don't want to talk about these situations. These are, uh, whether the genesis is religious or moral or not, these are going to become business continuity type issues. Mm -hmm. And how many times do we wait until it's obvious things are a problem before we approach management? We should be always seeking to give advice and be proactive with management. And, you know, we've seen some of our colleagues uh, very aggressively look at and talk about because of what's happening in Ukraine, here's what could happen to the rest of Europe. Here's what could impact our organization. And just because something's happened in Iran that may be religious in nature the implications are still going to be could play out to the same levels and i'd rather we talked about those awkward conversations yeah. i'd rather you be having awkward conversations with management when there's still time to do stuff and scenario and chew on and analyze as opposed to well a government's just fallen now we're reactive yeah so, but it, it, it's fear. It comes down to fear, you know, and, and you know, I'm probably going to get a couple of emails for this, but uh, that's okay. Uh, everything is so PC yes. that it's afraid people are afraid to have those conversations, even though I agree with you, 
we need to have some of these conversations. Maybe not about everything, but there are some things we need to discuss. You know, what could happen? How will we be impacted? Hey, you know, even though with all these sanctions on Iran, we still get such and such. We, we can still be impacted this way because they're next door to whoever that we do deal with on a regular basis. And the spillover, we got to look at that kind of thing. You know, and we have employees, let's say, that go there. We only have five people there, but they, they represent us. So if something happens to them, our name gets in the news. How do we deal with that? How do we communicate with that person? How do we protect those people? How do we get them out of the country? All those kind of uh, other situations come into play, but there, there's a fear of bringing that forward. Yeah, I think we need to, I think, you know, we need to be mindful to separate that an issue or an incident can be political or religious in nature it doesn't mean that our discussion of it has to be political or yep, religious in nature. It can be factual. Mm -hmm. If we are a company with people or process or technology in a part of the world where things are happening, we don't have to make commentary on why it's happening or whether we agree that it's happening. But I think we do owe it to have those conversations with management proactively here is something that is trending up in terms of risk. And to your point, coming back to Iran, you've had over 300 people killed. You've had protests now entering into the second month. Uh, history has generally showed those, you have that kind of longevity. It doesn't tend to just dissipate. That's right. It keeps it's bubbling growing. up. And a lot of our professionals are going to wait until after the fact to then come to their company and say, here's the impact to our organization. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think on that note, we've come to the end of our uh, fifth, I said fifth at the beginning, right? 17th. <laughs> fifth hour? 75th. We have one more hour to go. We're going to take a uh, 15, 15 minute break or so. And uh, we will start doing some wrap up. Yeah, we'll wrap up. Wrap up. And uh, thanks to Resilience Think Tank. For sponsoring this last hour yes hour nine or hour eight i don't even whatever know. it is brought to yeah. us by the resilience think tank which is dedicated to providing independent guidance and research to the risk and resilience industry